0: Hello and welcome to this week's French Football Weekly podcast, the only podcast that you can guarantee will not capitulate in the first half. My name is Chris and I am your host, and we are going to launch straight into things this week because uh, we have a big game to talk about. But without people here, I couldn't talk about it. So let's introduce them first. Full house. Rich, Jez, Phil. Good evening.
1: Good evening. Hey. Hello.
0: Hello, all right. Uh, we're going to dive into the big game of the weekend which of course in France was the classic except it wasn't really, uh, well, I mean it was entertaining if you're a supporter of one team, certainly not if you're a supporter of another. Rich, I'm going to start with you on this one. 4-0 to PSG, it was over by half time, a uh, double from Messis, Icardi uh, and Mbappe, Di Maria quality again. PSG didn't have to break sweat. Probably could have been seven or eight. They really didn't do much in the second half because they didn't need to. Where does this kind of leave... Um, we'll come to PSG in a minute, but I want to talk about Marseille first of all. Andre Viespo essentially kind of threw in the towel in midweek and he said, well, you know, we're, we're kind of just ruling this game out. Or, or Where's those effects? And that's exactly what happened. What, what does this say about where Marseille are and I know that's a question we ask every week but what what is the mentality coming into this game where you basically just roll over and die in 20 minutes
1: yeah this is the the build-up to the game was I think probably the most interesting part actually was with with Marseille sort of downplaying it and and as you say sort of downing tools before the match had even begun PSG were the opposite they were bigging it up um uh, and it was clear that, that that was exactly how they played it. You know, Marseille just didn't show up, didn't look bothered. It didn't look like the fierce Derby that it should be between two big rivals. I don't care how fortunes have changed over the last few years, they're still big rivals um, for, for various reasons. So to see Marseille so timid, um, so poor, so not, you know, unbothered was really disappointing to see. You know, you would hope. With with the way that some matches and most matches have gone this season, um, and we can probably extend that back to to last season and beyond, you felt as though this match, as as have been previous class classics, this was the match where it would have fired players up a little bit. At the very least, we'd have seen some spice, we'd have seen some um, enthusiasm, we'd have seen some kind of passion from the Marseille players, and we saw nothing. Um, I don't think anybody can particularly. Come out of that game with any kind of positivity. I think yes, and Mandanda the plate made some pretty good saves, but he was also at fault for a couple of the goals and yeah. generally didn't look as solid as many would have made out made him out to be. But it was a really really timid display from Marseille. It was really disappointing to see. Um, you were hoping PSG were always going to win this game. Let's not let's not hide behind that. And for that, we have to we have to agree with what uh boros was saying, was that this isn't the contest it is anymore. That's purely from the backgrounds of the teams. You know, we've got the money and we've got not money. Uh, and we've got the two coming up against you. But moving that aside, there's so much more that should be at play here. And the fact that, that Marseille were so quick to sort of throw that away and disregard it and try and put the focus elsewhere on other games and other fixtures... It, it was disappointing to see. I, I didn't, you know, I was hoping we would see a little bit of, of fire in this game, and there was just nothing from Marseille.
0: No, what's um, Phil? In terms of Marseille, they they it was a weird game because they started as if they were a side going actually, you know, it's been all talk. We're going to vs. first comments about rolling over and whatnot, but they did start like a, a side that we're going to have a go. And for about five ten minutes, they kind of put a few passes together, um, and and of course. As is always the way, Germain blazes over what is, I wouldn't say a, an easy chance, it was difficult to, to to find the net, but it was certainly a, the first open chance of the game for Marseille. He blazes over, down go the other end to PSG, and they go in front. It was almost like that was it, up came the white flags for Marseille. Is it that defeatist attitude that it's, is the concern? It, from?
2: it looks, I mean, it, it was a strange match, but um, look at the shots, was 13-11. to 11 shots on target was eight to two which possibly tells you more but um they weren't um one thing uh muhammad ali um who's written for us in the past mentioned when um i think john johnson was teasing him with the uh the keep uh ratings of the players in the classic which were yeah not good if you're an om fan and um he he said um you know, he was thinking back to that nil nil draw in 2016, where Marseille had no shots, which was, I think, Garcia's first game in charge. So it wasn't that, you know, which was a kind of a really realpolitik, pragmatic, oh, fuck it, lads, let's just not get hammered um, kind of situation. This was a situation where they did attempt to play and got. Hammered, and then strangely, at half time, PSG just kind of stopped trying. And I think we were just discussing before uh, we started recording, and I asked who else was disappointed <laughs> that PSG didn't try to do a Leicester, who of course beat Southampton nine nil on on the Friday. It's like, yeah, because you know, if you're gonna win big, you might as well go for something. So. I think it was an odd game all round. Um, obviously, the RM fans are furious. PSG fans are happy, but might be thinking, oh, "Why didn't we try to go for some kind of record?" You know, because, um, as you say, um, two braces. Did Di Maria get two assists or three? I kind of lost
3: count at the point. Sure? But I mean, three, my notes... The first one was a save, but it was effective. Yeah. yeah.
2: I mean, the first one, I thought, you know, there was very little Mandanda could do under the circumstances because it, it barreled out. Second nah. one, yeah, not so much. Um, And then things just kind of went south from there. I mean, on the fourth goal, there was, I think it was Verratti, there was a pass that took out like six players.
0: Yeah,
2: And you're like, well if 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 they're doing that then your defense needs to have a word with itself frankly because somebody one of them should have been able to get to it um so yeah it was as i say not a particularly edifying contest it was good fun for the first first half and i was like oh great i'll stick with this for the second half to see what else happens and then i should really have just turned over to watch um under the hammer or something,
0: but um, yeah, yes, I under the hammer.
2: Yeah, Cavani looking pensive in the stands when Icardi got his second mm. uh, was uh, something that French TV managed. But yeah, it was um, it was comprehensive, but it wasn't you know it wasn't brutal.
0: Yeah, that's that's where I wanted to go next actually, just um, from a PSG perspective. The they're finding a groove all of a sudden it feels to me like they look more fluid they look they look sort of a lot more attacking or a lot more expressive attackingly and offensively and inicardi might they have just got the the best bit of business that they probably didn't expect to do across the european leagues because this is a guy who as a inter milan follower myself yet yeah, he does come with baggage in the shape of his wife mainly um, but he is one of the most natural finishers in Europe, and as Phil touched on there, Edinson Cavani returned from injury today. But is there an argument now that that potentially the Di Maria-Ecardi axis, with potentially the Mbappe and Neymar axis on the other side, is the way forward for PSG uh, as they as they fight on on all fronts this season? Uh,
3: yeah, I, th- I think they they needed to bring someone in as as a bit more cover for Cavani because clearly he's he's not getting younger and his injury niggles are sort of, there's more of them, and they're taking longer to recover from. Um, And the opportunity came up, and and it's worked out so far brilliantly, and it's kind of worked out both ways. Um, Even his his wife has sort of cut down the the comments. He, after the match, was talking about how this is the best team he's played for, and there's a special kind of alchemy to the team. I mean, it's easy to say that, and and obviously you're going to sort of, well most players obviously there's certain PSG forwards who, who don't necessarily think in those terms but most people will try to flatter their current employers Um so you can take it with a little bit of a pinch of salt but you look at the PSG team at the moment and um you know whether it is Cavani or Icardi down the middle everything is is working out very well they found the right balance in midfield for years they didn't have a midfield or certainly any kind of defensive midfield there were a couple of matches earlier in the season where I think maybe Gay and Herrera and Verratti and in one of his more sort of defensive moods were playing together and people were saying you know it's ridiculous how can PSG have any kind of forward thrust when you've got such a negative midfield which is sort of crazy after all the things you've been saying the last few years but they've now got a decent choice of midfielders they've got you know even the fact that Herrera is there and can sit Means that Gave and is being able to have more freedom to push forwards, and he's already come up with it, with a couple of goals. Varati, when he's in the mood and keeping his mouth shut, still is one of the best kind of relatively deep lying creative midfielders in Europe. And with Varati and Di Maria in the form that that they they they're in, and particularly that they were in on Sunday, and then Mbappe and Icardi, Mbappe and Icardi have scored all of PSG's last eleven goals, but not only that, they've done it in two and a little bit matches in within a week. Um, they've scored seventeen. The team has scored seventeen goals in their last four matches, and Mbappe hasn't even played for sort of probably half of that that time. So they're yeah they're purring at the moment, and obviously they will have harder matches to come than Marseille. But um, if if all of those players can keep up that that form and that alchemy that Icardi's talking about, I think I don't think that Cavani would be a kind of troublemaker. I mean, as kind of annoying as it must have been for him to be sitting on the bench seeing his kind of two striking rivals score score a brace each, the the fans sort of the Mm. reception he got when he came out to warm up and and even more so when he came onto the pitch shows that he's still extremely popular there so I'm sure he understands that he probably won't get as many chances or as much game time as, as he has done but he's still got an important part to play and if Tuchel can manage all the egos and keep them all playing at their best then I think they're, they're in a much better position than they have been for a few years mm. and as for Marseille I think it's it's a strange situation because you had Villas-Boas sort of playing this, I think, pathetic game of, um, you know, we're not even in the same league anymore and this isn't a big rivalry anymore and all that kind of thing, which has in quite rightly infuriated Marseille fans. Um, I mean, again, PSG are not the same team as they were sort of a month or six weeks ago. But the fact is... Vass went to PSG and they won 2-0. So if you know, if you're really up for it and you want to do something, you, you you can and you can still scare that team. But then when the match started, Marseille actually played quite an open game. And sort of it, you'd think from what he was saying that they might have sort of gone to park the bus and and um you know, hope to squeak a nil-nil or something like that. So there was a bit of a kind of Um, contradiction between what he was saying and the way the team played. Although, as open as they were, I mean, someone picked me up and said it was a really negative thing to say and why risk suspensions or sendings off in a match like that. But in the first hour, Marseille only committed two fouls. I'm not advocating that a team should go out and kick the opposition or anything like that. But in what is a very bitter... (laughs) Um, yes. Very intense, very historic rivalry, particularly one where the manager has just said we can't compete with them football-wise. For there only to be two fouls committed in the first hour just really does suggest that actually no one's interested, and and. There were very few players, I think, setting a good tone. As you said, Mondondo made a couple of good saves, but frankly, I think people have been too complimentary about him. I think even the first goal, he just tapped it straight back into the centre. OK, it was reflex, but at least push it to the side. The second one completely in no man's land. The fourth one, he probably should have done better. Um, Lopez, who everyone's kind of raving about and someone is surely manufacturing Barcelona rumours, I still think is massively overrated, particularly away from home. And just, I think he needs to find a pair of bulls when he plays a decent team. And as for Payet, I mean, you can understand why Mondontar's lost all his weight because clearly Payet has been stealing all his food. And he was, I mean, a disgrace to look at, a disgrace to watch play. I don't know why he's even bothering to turn up. He clearly couldn't care less.
2: Um, just on a kind of side note um today it uh it emerged that psg have signed a it says here strategic partnership with gossin they are actually now sponsored by
0: buses um, i think that would work better for marseille surely <laughs> well it
2: does also forward. say here driverless vehicles so uh, um like like the meerkats yeah, in the under yeah we yeah we may uh, be using that at some point.
0: What but could possibly yeah. go wrong? <laughs> yeah. Just just a, a very quick aside note as well from um, which is sort of Liga related and PSG related. So a little little um, little lad from Sweden has popped up on on Twitter this afternoon oh, uh, saying he's heading back to Spain or heading to Spain and it's got people's tongues wagging. Um, just curious. To, to to ask whether anyone thinks that any league outside hadn't maybe made a play for him, would I suppose only PSG could really afford him. But that would that not have been a nice thing to have seen him back in the league? No, not no. really.
1: Not, <laughs> not, <laughs> no, not, we've,
2: not really. We've got enough
0: shit to deal with without. <laughs> I'm intrigued. I I, I can't. I. Where, you know, it would just be very flat to end up at Real Madrid just to piss off Barcelona, wouldn't it?
2: <laughs> yeah, very, but as long as, as long as 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 long that kind of emotional blackmail situation happens outside the league we are concerned with, mm. that's fine. Well, we've got enough to deal fine. with Neymar, really, yeah. I mean,
0: let's be honest, but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. that
2: would be... Does oh, anybody God. else notice that, like you said, you know, the attacking Vim, the organisation, they're all working together, they're actually passing to each other. Has this all coincided with a certain person not being on the pitch?
0: It does make I you mean, wonder a bit, doesn't it? I, I don't know about being on the pitch, but it's almost like they sort of feel the need to force the ball down his side when he's playing, you know? It, it's, yeah, so I with him absent, so. they can actually make the right decisions as, yeah. Di Maria has been doing consistently for the the more more he's been out injured the more Di Maria we get the better as far as I'm concerned Um, Mm. and and also the other thing I took from that game was um, uh, the interesting artwork on the back of um, Paredes uh, it's
2: quite a um, quite an elephant tattoo he has,
1: which I never realised. So that was yeah. interesting. He's got, he's got to do something to get some kind of... <laughs> well, yes. I, I yeah, but when, when
2: it comes to, um, shall we say, personal design choices, if anybody was watching Canal mm-hmm. Football Club on Sunday before oh, the big match, yes. and Memphis... What even was Memphis, it? Uh, I'm, now, I wear a bra, and I have no idea what the fuck that was.
0: No. Um, looked- he
2: was, like, wearing... Um, a shirt that looked like it was prison issue with a kind of grey with a kind of floral sports bra baby sports bra over the top of it and it was just we were all going what yeah i i do not know what he was doing there and he was not the most articulate um fair enough he's working in a second or third language Second language, but yeah, in English he weird. Anyway, that that was a that was a that was a strange look. And if anybody does have an explanation about what the fuck he was wearing,
0: then you know, send us a tweet because we're lost. Yeah, I don't think he'll be tweeting us. Somehow, I think he's the only one who knows. But
3: can um, I just quickly mention Kimpembe as well? Because you may, yeah. I thought that was
0: wearing a bra.
3: I thought that was by (laughs) far his best match since probably. Well before the World Cup even. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I know he didn't have that much to contend with, but Benedetto at least has looked like, you know, d- a decent player this year and yeah. I thought um Kimpembe sort of nullified him really well. Yeah.
1: yeah. Good there was there was an interest in oh, I can't remember who it was. Was it a Cardi? Tweeted something about I think it was a Cardi tweeted something after the game about, you know, great result, all this, and the other and the fuel array that's come about. Primarily from non non Marseille fans, but I'm interested to see if Marseille fans pick up on it um, in the coming days. And then that was liked by Benedetto. Um sort of in a similar vein to Munier liking the sort of pro Marseille tweet or Instagram picture two seasons ago. And he's been well, he, he's he's still suffering the wrath of some fans. Um, partially because of that so it'd be interesting to see where they pick up on that but it, it yeah it, all of this comes down to the fact that that PSG still see this as a, as a relatively big game they put in the performance the fans cared more the players cared more um Marseille just didn't I mean we saw was it that game where PSG fans have managed to get hold of a of a of oh, a, um, a, 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 ban- a Marseille banner and it ripped it and set light to it and all sorts and you know it's it's not the most pleasant thing but it's it's something that you want to see in a in a classic and and we saw we saw nothing um, no. it was just regu- it was just a regulation performance that was needed from from PSG it was nothing out of the ordinary and and that's exactly what we saw yeah
0: yeah agreed agreed but. Credit where credit's due, PSG can only beat what's in front of them, which albeit wasn't very much, but they certainly beat it and uh, fair play to them. Um, we are going to uh, go slightly different uh, this week in that we uh, are going to, in the sort of absence of particularly huge stories in and around games, I want to focus on a, a batch of area instead, which is the, the bottom end of League specifically 15th downwards. Um, Jez, in 15th, we find ourselves Nice. Would you say, Nice? Um, four defeats out of five, with um, all of this money and watches having been found and harmony restored, etc., etc. What's happening there? Strasbourg got the win for the weekend, the one-nil victory, and um, which in turn moves them up the table. Um, and Thomason with the winner, Collie sent off for Nice. What? What do you think is going wrong with Patrick Vieira's side at the moment? Because they look a little bit disjointed I think is the word I'm going
3: to go with? I think he probably still hasn't found his best team Um, a lot of players came in but quite late it's a very very young squad Um, Dolberg just I don't know if it's because of the watch or not but really doesn't look happy there Um, Claude Maurice hasn't found his feet yet Um, there's disruption of sort of injuries and suspensions and as long as they're not scoring they have to keep it tight at the other end and they're not being smashed in in any match particularly but they don't need to be i guess um if they if they're not going to score then you know in the same way that last season they did so well grabbing those 1-0 wins it doesn't take a huge sort of swing for, for them to change into 1-0 defeats i guess um so i th- i think there's still a messy situation behind the scenes as well. Um, Grimondi's gone now. I don't think Vieira's particularly happy about that. I'm not sure he's that comfortable working um, with with the, the Ineos people and, and with um, Riviera and Fournier who's come back. So I think it's just, you know, everyone there is talking a very good game, but it obviously it's much easier said than done. And I think there are a lot of raw materials there, but... Um, for, for various reasons, I think it's it's not something that's going to be transformed instantaneously. I think there's going to be quite a few growing pains first.
1: Mm.
2: I mean, they that was one of the games you mentioned. Big stories. We had a couple of VAR incidents over the weekend, which caused a degree of chaos in several games. Um, this was one of them, where there were seven minutes added because of um, all of the reviews. I think about the the sending off, and this weekend, uh, Nice are going to be playing Rath, who, of course, have got, as uh, we had a piece up on the site recently from uh, Carol Stockwell, um explaining how Raths have become so difficult to beat. And it's because they are so organized in the middle uh and in defense. And so Nice, I think, are going to really struggle with that one. And then they... You know, they're in 15th, but they're level on points with Leon Amiel. If they lose another one, then they are going to be sinking a bit further down and will have to, as Jess says, kind of make the best of what they've got available to try to pull themselves out of it. So this is going to be a difficult kind of next game uh, for them, definitely. Um, well, they
3: win another one, and they could go seventh. Yeah, yeah, I, it, is, yeah
2: it is. This yeah. is this is the whole can table thing. But if you're going to play RAS then it's uh, given the form uh, of both teams, it looks more like Nice are going to have to try hard in this one rather than the away team. Yeah,
0: yeah, agreed. Um, on to the next one, uh, Rich, a win, hallelujah. Came late, but ran beating Toulouse 3-2, and Hunu putting ran 2-0 two, two up after six minutes, and I bet you were hanging the bunting out. Um, no, I'm a, I'm, I, I, <laughs> I, I know
1: better. I know better <laughs> yeah. than that.
0: Tell, tell me so. about it. I was doing the same on Sunday with my club. <laughs> um, De Savi uh, got the one back, Radel equalised for, uh, I can never pronounce this guy's name. Goodbye, Kaboho. Phew, let's just go with are. that. Yeah, let's go with that. That bloke. Um, 90th minute winner. Well, 90 plus minute winner. Um, much needed pressure reliever for uh, After a certain coach. After
2: with no wins in all yeah. competitions,
0: I think. Yeah, we won't mention clues <laughs> other than to say it didn't go well in the Europa League. We'll leave
1: that behind. But well, yeah, massive win for Stefan. It was a big win. I think what's been quite interesting throughout this, and especially... After that, that win and the the loss um, against Cluj was how much the fans are behind Julian Stephane. Um, it would be very easy for the fans to get behind, uh, to not get behind. Sorry, Stefan To as they have done with previous managers, we look at we look at the past managers, but they are very much behind him. Um, those that watch the game will have heard the chants for for Stephane those that saw the game on, on Sunday, the match against Toulouse, you'll have seen the passion and relief shown by the Ram players after the match, but also during the match as well. With the, 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 the uh, Niango goal um, early on, he runs, he ran to the sideline and immediately he just sought out Stefan to give him a massive hug. So it's clear that the players have something for him. It's clear that fans are behind him. The ire seems to be further up the chain. Um, there have been interviews from the likes of Sylvain Armand, which have, whether it's uh, on purpose or accidental, have put put unnecessary pressure on Stephane. So this win was a was a big big win, as as Phil said, they've been ten games I think without without a win in all competitions. So to get that win, have, especially having been two 0 up so early on, and then to sort of throw it away, to get that win in the ninety third ninety second minute. Um, with obviously a, a an academy player as well that, that that got that winner. You know, obviously all the focus has been elsewhere on other academy players, but Yankuboho is is a player that certainly a lot of people are very excited to see. And he's fi- he was finally thrown on as he has been done late in a few other games, but he got the winning goal. It was a huge huge win. The pressure, of course, now is to to build on that, but to finally bring an end to that run. Is a big thing. Um, It would have been. We've all we've seen all too often. um, It's easy for 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 clubs to fall into that mire and that habit of not winning games. So to have come so close to throwing it away, um, but ultimately come out of it with three points, I think, would be a huge, huge, um, hugely important result for Ren. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well said. And uh, also, Phil Dijon, we have to touch on. They are currently bottom, still the only time well, in <clears throat> order, single, yeah. single digits. And, and they're,
2: they're playing PSG on Friday, as if, you know, life wasn't oh, nice good enough. Um, yeah, they went down 2-0 away at Brest, which which was another of the games where VAR played a part. There were six minutes um, added. Um because there was this massive conversation about um, whether Dijon would get a penalty or not. Uh, they didn't, uh, but the player was still sent off for breast, but they'd already gone 2-0 up um, in three minutes early in the second half. So I, But they're still only two points off the next up, but they're playing PSG next. So I think we'll say they stay where they are. And so again, after a little bit of a, a bump earlier in the season, they might be um, they might be in some serious trouble. Um, if I can just mention the main game that was VAR impacted, which was Ras versus Nîmes, which finished nil nil, or not, depending on your point of view, because uh, referee Clement Turpin had an absolute shocker uh, to the point where. People were making jokes about him being replaced at half time. Um, Neem had a goal chalked off, either because the goal, the ball didn't cross the line when it clearly did, and Turpan's watch went off, or for a foul by Reaper, which was actually a foul on Reaper. And later on, uh, Fombo was booked for a foul on him by Dumbia. So Neem are. Uh, uh, I mean, they've been a bit um, kind of bitchy about VAR up until now, and they are even more so after this situation where they did look to have had a perfectly good goal uh, disallowed for reasons that nobody actually understands right now. So, Raz continue their good defensive treatment. Nima down in uh, in the um, relegation zone at the moment, in the barrage places. Um, they are currently, she says, ah, they have won their Coupe de la Ligue uh, match against Lens uh, 3-0. So that will cheer them up slightly. But I think they will continue to take a slight chip on their shoulder into the weekend's game against uh, Rennes. So that should be cracking fun to watch. Rich, uh, look out for some cards there.
0: Yeah, yeah, and uh, I should say Dijon playing Bordeaux in the Coupe de la Ligue this evening as well. Um, please, nobody talk to me about disallowed goals for a bar for no apparent reason, because I might cry. Um, but yeah, it's funny how. No, I've, I've run through all three that I had. Yeah. Utterly bizarre. Get rid of the, the robots. Get rid of the robots. Anyway, um, Jez, we'll round off the the bottom talk with with Mets. Um, you, you did kind of call it last week. Um, you said you kind of feared what might happen. Um, it wasn't too bad. I mean, you goal from Motis mm. Depay and Bra and uh, all and Dembele from penalty spot. That Tuna was win for a, a while. soft pen for me. Wasn't I mean, I, the, I thought my I... goal was
2: a great slalom but very selfish but the penalty was soft.
0: Yeah, no, I, um, I felt the same. Were you surprised at all, Jez, or was it one of those shrug the shoulders and move on?
3: Yeah, shrug shoulders and move on. I mean, the the good thing about Mess this year so far compared to um, some of their previous recent times in liga um is that they're they're generally i was going to say hard to beat in, in a way they they're making themselves a little bit easy to to beat in that they keep giving away early goals or even sort of early pairs of goals and then there's too much to to come back from but they're not being smashed and and sort of across 90 minutes, giving decent account of themselves. It's just a couple of stupid mistakes here and there that are giving them kind of, um, you know, mountains to climb. I thought this was another one. It was sort of two goals in five minutes. Um, the the penalty was a disgrace. I mean, it was, uh, yeah, the, the three sort of disgraceful weekend, uh, decisions of the weekend, um, the Arsenal one is... Honestly, I know it's not French football, but it's honestly one of the worst decisions I've ever seen in my life. Brighton benefited from a very dodgy penalty, and Mess lost out because of a very, very dodgy one. And all three of them were just absolute jokes. And, you know, what is VAR there for if it's not to to wipe out these, these stupid things? But anyway, enough people are speaking about VAR. But I th- get Mess created chances, but they're just not very clinical and they're very reliant on Habib Diallo. Um, Ambrose isn't yet quite matching all the, the hope we had in him when he was looking so good in the youth teams at City. Um, Nian still sort of um, not, again, just not as clinical as, as, as he probably should be. He looks really good sort of creating chances for himself and then not finishing them. Um and the concern is that if and when Diallo doesn't score, no one else is going to. Um but we're away to Lyon, whatever the, the circumstances that, that Lyon are in at the moment, it still would have been a pleasant surprise really to have come away from from there with, with anything. And they're not necessarily the, the matches or that that you know that Leon that Mess would expect to get the points to help keep them up. Um if they can keep making themselves or making saint symphorien a bit more of a fortress um then then hopefully that that will be the difference yeah, um yeah. it just it's so close to the bottom you know two weeks ago mess or bottom last week they are sort of up to something like 14th, 15th place and now they're no, back no. To, to second bottom so
2: 13th you know, down just is one of these teams clubs, that, uh, yeah.
3: If any of these teams sort of gets on a bit of a run of two or three matches unbeaten, then that could make all the difference. Even as early as now, that might make the difference come the end of the season.
2: I think um, just what you were saying about the efficiency, looking at the shots taken, uh, Mets had three on target out of 16, and Lyon had seven on target out of 18. So the the effort was pretty much equal, but as you said, the efficiency was... Mm -hmm was a bit different now. Um, Mets are going to be playing Brest in the Coupe de la Ligue tomorrow. And they're at home against Montpellier on Saturday. And given Montpellier are stuttering, I think a home match against them is actually uh, kind of a good pick for, for your guys. That um, things aren't working out. For Montpellier, even though they're in tenth at the moment, that's one where I say a home win is not not would not surprise
0: me if everybody if everybody can click. This is a weird sort of Constantina effect in that um, in that sort of bottom end of the of the table. I think it's touched on what you said last week, where anybody can beat anybody uh, with the the other results um, in the weekend. Can I just action.
3: quickly before we move on? Can I just mention? The Pai because we've all criticised him a hell of a lot over the last couple of years and we've already criticised his dress sense quite <laughs> rightly today. But he, I think, this season is looking a little bit more interested, a little bit more like he's stepping up. He was captain at the weekend, scored a great goal, mm-hmm. um, gave the it was for him to take the penalty, and Dembele is sort of for various reasons not quite in the form that he was earlier in the season and he gave dembele the penalty to give him a chance to get back on the on the goal scoring trail so i think he deserves you know a bit of credit when it's due, where it's due for once
0: yeah yeah that's fair yeah as you say when is putting in the hard graft and uh, like a certain mr <laughs> i think it's fair to give them credit where due we um should also give credit to monaco who um well i say monaco we should give a credit to wissem ben yedderiko <laughs> Uh, who <laughs> without them, God knows where they'd be, but they won 1 nil at not. Uh, the aforementioned with them um, with the winner. Uh, Leal,
2: against the run of play, 1 Yeah,
0: I, I felt that probably a draw would have been a, a better <laughs> scoreline in that one, but hey, it is what it is. Um, no draw in sight for Bordeaux, though. They lost 3 0 at Lille and were pretty much. Andre, Iziki and a late Remy third, securing the points there. Um, and the only other game we have, or we're the only other two games we haven't mentioned, onpellier, angers nothing to see here. mil no. uh, And Saint-Etienne-Omyen, which was actually quite entertaining on Sunday. where well, mm. were because we putting the home side in front. Mendoza and Ocolo turning the game on its head before Debasis, late own goal, secured a point for the home side. Um, entertaining fair there. And paul Buell continues to uh, rebuild Saint-Etienne's fortune. I think it's unbeaten in four, up to 12th now. Although they probably would have felt they they could have done more in that game. That said, Angers, of course, still fifth. So having a lovely old time in in the league at the moment. Um, Looking ahead to uh, next week, next weekend's games, mentioned Dijon PSG is the Friday fixture. Uh, Marseille-Lille on Saturday. Yeah. Um, why is this 4.30? Have I missed something? Why is that a 4.30? Oh, no, that's,
2: um, I don't know if the... Is the European round next? Next week. Oh, yeah, week. maybe they've moved it forward slightly. So, suppose, um, yeah. basically, they have to fill certain slots every week. Mm. And one thing I've noticed is O.L. are turning up at the multiplex, which is the multiple five games on Saturday night, much more than they used to, which I think might be something of a kind of slight um, but yeah you've got OM and Lille and that is a big match in traditional sense which is what the TV uh, tends to go with so that's why that's um, the afternoon
0: game on, on Saturday I think yeah I think that, that that's, that's a game that interests me a fair bit because you'd think Marseille need a reaction now after what happened at PSG, and, yeah. and Lille, um, a classic sort of side that could unpick them if they're not at their game. I do, I do sort of wonder, um, Rich, have you got a, a thought on this one in terms of, probably more from a Marseille perspective, but it is that classic, if it doesn't go well, suddenly AVB's under a bit more pressure once again?
1: Well, yeah, if you've spent weeks leading up to supposedly the big game against PSG, and you spent the week before it saying PSG, you know, not in the same league as us anymore and sort of downplaying it to an excessive degree, then you've got to upplay these kind of games. And at home to Lille, the Marseille fans will be expecting a, a, you know, a comprehensive win. Now, I don't think that would necessarily come. Um, Lille are hit and miss this season on the road. Um, but you you know as a as, as the coach of marseille you've got to get your players and and fans up for this game you know if you if you if you downplayed the game where you should be up playing it to an excessive degree you've got to you've got to make up the difference in in these kind of games Lille are a direct rival of marseille's um, and therefore marseille and, and V S boas has to get the the performance from his players but mm. I just don't know if, if the players seem up for the up, you know up for the challenge. I think yeah. one
2: complicating factor, or it might be, is we do have a midweek Coupe de la Ligue uh, round, which is the Cesiums, which are in fact the DZMs, which is it's a very confusing situation. But there's ten games uh, featuring fourteen Ligue 1 teams and six league 2 teams who have already made it through the previous two rounds before the European teams join in the next round, etc, etc. But the big game in this round is that Wednesday, Monaco play OM. And that is basically the big game of this round in the Coupe de la Ligue. Now, you can say, yeah, been the Coupe de la Ligue, but politically speaking, that might be problematic. So... Whether How that's managed, how Villas-Boas approaches uh, the team selection tomorrow is going to be interesting because the Ligue 1 round on Sunday finishes with Saint-Etienne versus Monaco. So that's two teams basically in recovery who were down in, at the moment, in 11th and 12th place, but who were both on the up after poor starts to the season. So... What happens in Monaco-Marseille in the Cup might be very interesting about telling us about priorities and what people have to do before Marseille have that, I think, quite key game against Lille uh, on
0: Saturday. Yeah, it is quite quite an important one. And equally so, Nîmes and uh, Rennes is is another important one. Are you slightly concerned about this, Rich, given they came around back on track but Neem have got to be looking at their home games to pick up points um, is, it, is it slight concern for you or are you oh,
1: I'm, ma- uh, I'm ma- massively concerned about every single I'm game, game, <laughs> every single um, game. Uh, yeah as I said before how, how we approach this game um, will will tell us a lot about how the, the team and squad and, and management have reacted to that last gasp last, last gasp win against Toulouse Um they need to put in another performance here but it is the kind of game that Wren traditionally struggle with you know after a morale boosting win uh, on the road to nîmes who who have had their troubles this season it is, the, it is it is the it is the kind of game that 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 ren have lost so um if ren can come away with a scrappy 1-0 win i think that's a fantastic result mm. for them but i could I see i could see nîmes pulling, is... pulling off a you know, are pulling off a result here because they need it ultimately. You know, they are in a they are in a spot of bother, um, and, and are very much there for the taking. They'll have seen plenty of of teams in a similar state to to need get a result against Rennes this season. Mm-hmm. So, I fully expect Nene to be all guns blazing and yeah. will come out with a with a potential performance in that game.
2: I think um, my my point was just I think whatever ha- whatever the result, it will be scrappy. Because I think Nîmes are the kind of team who... Um, you'd want them on your side in a fight in a car park, <laughs> if you get my meaning. So I think when things start going badly, they might start getting a bit physical. So mm. we'll see.
0: Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting one to, to have a look at. Um, elsewhere, Mets um, Montpellier, you again... Could could go either way, given the no. Form. I I think if
2: Mets can pull themselves together, that's a good a chance. Game. But
0: it's a winnable game, definitely. Yeah, equally so to lose. so oh well, um, given the sort of fortunes of both, that's quite hard to call. The betting's quite. No, I think to lose are pretty terrible at the moment, but um, a home no. game again though. I don't know. I think they might fancy no, that a little not. bit. I mean, they are terrible. They just they not fair.
3: They, they were good. very. I thought they were very good against Lille, um, and I didn't see the, oh. the red match, but to come yeah. back from two nil. Yeah, down, they reacted. They reacted
1: well. Yeah, yeah they did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Considering that they are appalling away from home, they reacted <laughs> yeah. very well. So, right, home, so home home to Lyon is, right, is a okay. different
0: different uh, different
1: story. Yeah,
0: yeah, I think that is. I think it's one that I might keep a little eye on. Uh, Angers, Strasbourg is one I probably won't, if I'm completely honest. Uh, and Amiens on Brest, Brest, I think. Yeah, we're also I we're
2: good. We're going to be. Yeah. Just yeah.
0: Whatever that, happens there, we'll we'll
2: make a note.
0: Yeah, but I think that's that's probably one too. Uh, yeah,
2: but I think the the Nicevras situation, it, that's going to be a tense match. Mm. Not necessarily a fun one to watch, given Rance's general approach to football and Nice's current.
3: I think Rance play players. arguably the best football in League 1, apart from PSG. Yeah, it's but it's not. Year, it? It's
2: not you know floral and creative and shit. It's just actually efficient. I, think, so, I,
0: I think, <laughs> think it is. I think some of the. I think some of the stuff they played is good. I, the, 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 I think the trouble with, they break with modern, really fast. Yes. That's the thing. I think the trouble with modern-day football is that there's so many teams now that basically counterattack, and and they're better out of possession. And I think that's often, I think that's often underappreciated. And it's like, oh, well, they're just defending the whole game. I think certain teams actively yeah. play on the counter. Um, yeah. you, you mentioned Leicester earlier, and on, they're one of the the classic teams that do that. They're they're still classed as an underdog in their league, but they play. Mm that defensive style yeah, and um, that's exactly HP. the
2: point um, I think Kel was making uh, in the piece he wrote for us about RAS recently it's they are doing this deliberately it's not because they have to do it it's, it's a distinct choice that's been made that uh, is paying
0: dividends because they they are fourth yeah, and that's yeah. only on goal difference and Pace will always threaten opposition defences since that's, mm. uh, that's never going to go away um, on Sunday, we've got uh, Bordeaux. Not is the two o'clock game. Nice Rams is the six, uh, sorry, six. The four o'clock game. Um, must win for Nice. You think there? Um, Saint Etienne Monaco is the final game of the weekend. I can't decide if this is going to be really dull or really interesting. <laughs> I seem yeah. to say this a lot, but I, I want to go on the side of quite interesting. Just because yeah, both Monaco in the on the and, Yeah.
2: Both of them have picked themselves up recently. Both of them have got. Good attacking players and the occasional brick at the back. I think I think this will be a, a good fun game. Yeah,
1: what do you think, gents? The bounce back as I have <laughs> christened it, in the last twenty seconds. Yeah, um, for for Monaco, it depends on Samani. If he, I know there's doubts about uh, his participation. Um, if they can have him partnering Yedda, and they've been so you know so effective playing together. I think if they've got them playing together, I don't see why they couldn't, you know, go into this match thinking we could come away with all three points here. Um, Saint-Etienne, as, as we saw at the weekend against uh, Amiens, they're not still, you know, yes, they're three or four games undefeated under Puel, but they they still haven't found that sort of X factor in terms of going forward. Um, they're still making mistakes at the back, I think, as, as Jez has said on previous shows. Um Perez is, is is looking his age now. Um, so there's there's mistakes to be had in terms of both, but I think Monaco just have the edge going forward if Slimani um, does play. Hmm. What do you think, jess
3: Yeah, I, th- I think it's the team against individuals. I think Puel has got Etienne playing nicely as a team now, but... Slimani and Ben Yedder, if they're both playing and they're pla- and they both play as well as they have been in recent weeks, then that might be enough. But I think possibly Saint Etienne hope not hopefully that's but I think Saint Etienne might just have a bit too much if they can carry on what they've been doing recently as a whole collective rather than just relying on on a couple of individuals.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that, I think that's fair comment. Fair comment indeed. It's it's a weekend of, uh, of, of fixtures that, that there's a few that catch the eye enough to keep a keep a close watch on. And um, we did mention at the start of the show as well, we've got Coupe de la League action uh, going on throughout the midweek this week, which uh, will either play into good or bad fortunes for the teams at the weekend. Um, Phil mentioned Nimes three to win over loss a short time ago. Bordeaux-Dijon is about to kick off, which I should be entertaining myself with. Uh, I hope, anyway. Um, we've got Le Mans-Nice tomorrow, tomorrow being Wednesday. nantes Paris FC, Metz, brest Monaco-Marseille, which might be worth a watch. Uh, rams bourg bresse uh, Montpellier-Nancy, Amiens-Angers and Niort, toulouse So, um, yeah, that will be worth keeping an eye on as well. In terms of the next twenty four hours. Any of those anybody got anything they want to comment on on the Coupe de la League?
1: Lamont the Lamont the Nice has a distinct sort of hmm, banana skin sense. feel to it, yeah. considering <laughs> Nice's niece's uh current position. But Lamont's are doing not much better in in League Dur and in their twelve games they've managed to concede, um, I read twenty yeah, twenty three goals they've managed to concede in in uh in their twelve games, which is the most in League de so it, if anything, there should be goals, um, what the outcome will be, who knows, but there is the potential I think in that one for uh, for an upset, I think Nisa nice ripe for for uh, for taking advantage of
2: yeah. uh, parry FC are bottom of League de and away at Nantes, and I think that might not end well for them. Um, but it's a good spread of Ligue 2 sides, like um, 20th, 18th, 14th, 10th. You know, they're not all the high flyers. So there's going to be some, I think for the managers, a degree of, yeah, how much of the youth team do we play for the league Ligue 1 sides who do not want to be humiliated by uh, a lower table uh, League the opponent over the next two days.
1: Neil, the Toulouse as well, I think is is potential upset yeah. as well. Um, we have mentioned Neil um, again moments ago. Toulouse, good, how how bad <laughs> Toulouse are away from home? I think Neil for for all their, I mean, then hardly exactly flying in that division. I think Toulouse with their five. form away from home. I think Toulouse. Um, I probably have bigger priorities that they need to to focus on. So, I think a Neil win away at Toulouse could be uh, one to put your money on.
0: Yeah, yeah, be interesting to see how well how or who takes what seriously in terms of the cup competitions as well. That's always one to keep an interest in, given the history of of the French cup competitions.
3: I still think unless teams have got big injury problems that the, the, the league teams should be taking it seriously at this. Yeah, stage. I mean, yeah, I, think, I do think the credibility of the, the competition, obviously is going to start lost, for a well while after this year, yeah. but I think it's, I think it's gone because of this kind of, you know, letting the PSG pretty much play about three matches a year in order to win it. Mm. Um, but mm. Obviously, if PSG are doing well in various other competitions, this is the first one that's going to go by the wayside. So it really is a good opportunity for a, for a team to go a long way, possibly to win a trophy, possibly to get a place in Europe. And, you know, if nothing else, maybe be able to say we were the last team to win. Yeah, exactly. Olympics. It's the last
2: one. That's got to be something you put in the trophy
0: cabinet, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, i Much the same for me. I think if you're in a cup competition, no matter who you support in whatever league, you you try and win it. Simple as that. You know, nobody remembers the fact you, uh, you put in a good performance and went out with youngsters. People do remember it if you win a trophy. So experiment by all means, but try and win the games. Um, But yeah, we shall, we shall see who fancies it. Um, Before we wrap up this week, Phil, we've got some articles going up that we just wanted to give a mention to. Yes. So as well as, um,
2: Carol's article about uh, RAS, which you put up recently, we will have a piece about the Coupe de France which happened, the sixth round happened at the weekend, a new Coupe correspondent to John Mayland, uh, has been out and about seeing other games there, so uh, that will be going up tomorrow as well, and uh, obviously we will be attempting to cover, as we do every year, every game from January but we're very grateful to John for doing the hard work before we get to Christmas um, as the national sides joined last week uh, last weekend for the sixth round we have one more round before Christmas before the league teams uh, join in January which is the traditional back after the holiday game so uh, usually quite a, a fun and chaotic round to watch
0: yeah, scary to think that we're almost in November and soon it'll be blooming Christmas all over again, honestly. Oh, I um, love Christmas. Oh, God, you can keep how it. Can, how can you not love Christmas? Oh, that's a podcast all on its own. Save it for a rainy day. Um, one other thing, we're just going to let our listeners know in advance as well. Um, we are plotting, boys and girls, we are plotting. Um, I've, been, I've been giving something a thought for a little while and uh, I've decided I want to bring it to the table. So... Since, uh, since, God bless it, Le 50 kind of died, um, I want to uh, experiment a little bit uh, in future pods where we're going to be just turning the attention onto uh, sort of young slash promising footballers coming out of Liga, um, or possibly even Liga if we run out of Liga players. So uh, in the coming weeks, um, nothing's in place yet. We're going to speak to the team and work out how we're going to do this. But we're just going to spend roughly sort of five minutes um, each pod. Just highlighting a certain player each week, um, whether we all have a little discussion or whether I just pick on somebody each week and ask them to do a little bit of research, is going to be very much led on on uh, sort of the general feeling and thoughts on the player rather than us sort of you know reading out their appearances and goal scoring record. It'll just be more little discussion about a player that we think is worth keeping an eye on in the future so um, keep an eye out for that and uh, if you are listening to this and there are certain players that you want us to turn the spotlight on um, give us a tweet let us know and we will do our best to make a list compile a list moving forwards um, so yeah just keep an eye out for that we uh, we want to turn the attention it is it is a course plus it's the League of Talents uh, although it's technically under the old slogan I suppose but still um, so we will be, be doing that moving forwards so um, yeah there we go just to give a little bit of insight. Um, right, on that note, uh, I think we will uh, draw a close to this week's pod. Uh, thank you very much for tuning in as always. Uh, we'll be back next week. Um, I'm in the process, or will be in the process, of moving house quite soon. So <laughs> it will be beyond for the next few weeks. But uh, if I'm not, um, I'm sure the team will continue to bring you the content. But hopefully, all will go well. Uh, but thank you very much to my colleagues for this evening. So thank you, Jazz. Thank you, Phil. Thank you, Rich. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Uh, enjoy your french football as always and we'll be back same place next week to talk about it all thanks for listening